Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Thursday the 21st of October. And as usual with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can pause the slideshow here and read our disclaimer in full. But if you're watching on a video or you're listening on a podcast and you need to read the disclaimer, you can head on over to our website, marcustoday.com.au read the disclaimer there and if you're not yet a member of the Marcus Today community you can always sign up for a 14-day free trial. All right well Dow Jones hitting all-time highs 35,609 points up 152.43 of a percent what could possibly go wrong and we also saw the S&P 500 heading towards all-time highs as well 17 points or 0.37 percent to 4536 Unfortunately, NASDAQ let the side down last night, down, down 0.05% or 7 points to 15,122. As a result of all this, SPY futures up 12 points or 0.16%, 73.96. So a slightly firmer start in store for us today, but US markets very much being driven by corporate earnings at the moment. Everything else seems to have been pushed to the background, but corporate earnings really driving it. We had Tesla after hours, smidge disappointing, uh, somewhat down 0.8% after hours, and tech stocks under a little bit of pressure in the US. The IBM results were pretty ho-hum as well, so not particularly good news there. The VIX index down at 15.47, down 1.46%. Don't forget, this is really bottom of the range for that VIX, and uh, people in the US should be looking probably at buying some insurance. Here we are at all-time highs, and insurance is relatively cheap through the option market. Commodities, though, we had Brent crude powering ahead again, 74 cents or 0.87% better, 85.82. WTI up 91 cents, 83.87. Who said energy prices weren't going anywhere? Up 1.1% and looking as if WTI is closing in on 85 bucks. Gold also doing well last night. The US dollar under a little bit of pressure at the moment, which is helping our Aussie dollar, and it's also helping the gold price up 14.4% or 0.81 of a percent, 1784.90. So that's going to help our Aussie gold stocks. Although with the Aussie over 75, that does take some of the sting out of that rise in bullion in the normal course of events, that is, but there's nothing normal about these markets. We got iron ore up 0.77% or 0.95 of a dollar, 95 cents to 124.45. It does look as if iron ore has stabilized somewhat. In other commodities last night, we saw copper up 0.6. Nickel fell half a percent after hitting seven-year highs. Aluminium down 1.3. Zinc up 0.7. Lead falling down 0.4. And tin down 0.8 of a percent. Lithium last night was up 4.6% according to the fast markets, but that is a somewhat more weekly price for lithium. And we are continuing to see uranium. Uh, We don't get that updated very often. That's a weekly price as well. $37.25 a pound. In the mining sectors overseas, BHP down 0.12%, escaping. Rio, though, down 3.9%. I'm sure there's a bit bit more fallout from the heritage site uh, that they blew up 
uh, happening at the moment, which is casting a bit of a pale over Rio, probably more so than BHP. In other mining stocks, Freeport, McMoran up 0.2%, Alcoa down 2.2%, TechCorp down 3.4%, Anglo American unchanged, Glencore down 0.7%, Vale down 2.5% there. Here you can see the S&P 500, a bit of a higgledy-piggledy kind of night, but in a pretty tight range at the end of the day. That uh, volatility there probably belies the fact that uh, its high uh, was around, uh, what is it, 45.40 and a low of 45.25. So not a massive range last night, but very much all eyes on results and reporting season from the US. Major stories, the S&P almost so close yet so far tops record and china's evergrand nevergrand it probably should be ends talks on the hobson deal and asked to resume trading it does look as if evergrand is paying some of the uh, interest payments on its local debt local bonds that it's issued and not paying it on the international side of things this saturday october the 23rd is the official deadline from the first default or the first mispayment, which will mean it was be officially in default 30 days there. China's falling home prices cast another shadow over the economy, and Chinese developer Cynic defaults amid Nevergrande contagion. Nickel surges to highest in seven years as supply dwindles. Did come off the top though, so uh, just bear that in mind. And Bitcoin hitting an all-time high as the Bitcoin ETF on the futures kicks off hovering around $66,000. The U.S. has blasted China's harmful industrial policies in the WTO review. I don't know why they bother. Uh, Democrats looking to reach a compromise on social spending by Friday. They're not saying which Friday. It could be any Friday, but let's hope they get one soon. And a poll shows the Fed expected to wait until 2023 to raise rates, but there is a risk of an earlier hike. Clearly, the rest of the world is starting to get into a raising rate mode. We've seen New Zealand move. Bank of England is talking about moving. Uh, more on that in my thing today in Henry's take. And uh, it does seem as if the Fed is lagging behind. And uh, Powell's August explanations for transitory inflation aren't holding up that well. How long is transitory? Fang Plus Index recoups recent sell-off. Its first record in more than a month. And Eurozone inflation boosted in September by more expensive energy and services. And some China's exporters raising prices by up to 20%, which could add to global inflation risk. Coal futures dropping on some intervention by the state in China to try and put a, a bit of a break on energy prices. That's also taking its toll on other commodity prices, as can be seen from the commodity prices that I read out earlier. As far as what's on today, uh, plenty around actually. AMP suffering a $12 billion outflow from its AMP capital unit in September, while its wealth management arm shed another $1.4 billion in the period. It's doing well, isn't it, AMP? This is a very interesting story coming up. Animoca Brands, which was a ASX pariah, uh, it was kicked off the ASX for. Uh, some issues the ASX had with it. It was kicked off in March 2020, and it was valued at the time at $120 million. It has just done a raising to raise $65 million US dollars, and it is now valuing that business at $2.9 billion. 
So well done, the ASX. Obviously, you've kept us safe from that super growth story. Um, but certainly uh, that Emoka Brands and Emoka Brands doing very well. And I've written a little bit about that today in the newsletter in Henry's take about the emerging theme, maybe looking a little bit further out, the metaverse. In the US, 8 out of the 11 S&P 500 sectors were higher, uh, paced by utility and real estate. And the New York FANG index actually was 0.3% lower. Ten-year yields, though, creeping up, creeping being the word. No one really seems to be focusing on these, but the US 10 years, 1.64, and the Australian 10-year yield charging ahead, 1.8%, yet we're still seeing good buying in our tech sector. Germany still minus 0.13%, and Rio has vowed a 10 billion carbon cutback from its business, and GQG Partners, which is a new IPO, uh, GQG is a massive US fund manager, not dissimilar to Magellan. The two will be compared big time. So interesting to see how this one goes. But it has received demand in excess of $1.2 billion. It plans to raise for its IPO at the mid price of it, midpoint of its price range. That range now $2 to $2.10 per CDI. That's a chess depository. Uh, instrument priced at between 16 and a half times and 18 times its forecast profit that gives it a valuation of around 5.9 to 6.5 billion well that excludes the debt so that will be more of a competitor for Magellan in terms of valuation and it signals I guess its intent to focus a little bit on the big Australian uh, superannuation market Mike Cannonbrooks has pledged 1.5 billion to limit global warning Tesla reported after hours, down 0.8%. And independent expert KPMG has deemed the Spark infrastructure bid fair and reasonable. The total cash bid is around 288.75 cents. And Brookfield may up the bid for Osnet. It may bring in another player in the bidding process if it does need to up its offer. Of course, it's fighting at the moment with APA. And uh, we are seeing some uh, earnings updates and some AGM statements this morning and blue scope steel has upped its fy22 earnings guidance to between 2.1 billion to 2.3 billion us and australia seeing higher volumes and prices good demand for building products in australia especially driving that earnings upgrade there question of the day today this is the week that was back in 1987 in my very young days of uh, a finance career trading on the london stock exchange floor in the open outcry pits of the options um, and uh, I guess it's kind of precedent uh, that uh, we look at this at this time of year. So what is the biggest risk to the equity markets currently? What do you see out there? Now obviously we're going to talk interest rates but what is the biggest risk to equity markets currently? Love to hear your thoughts on that one. That's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. If you want to subscribe to any of our podcasts as you're probably aware by now they have been split into different silos. We've got the Marcus Strategy Podcast. We've got the On the Desk Podcast, where the guys in Melbourne uh, talk about uh, market issues and their experiences. And we've got On the Couch, where I talk to some of the fund managers and other people in the industry that interest me, and people even outside the industry that interest me and I think may interest you and have something to offer. But if you're not yet a member of the Marcus Today community, you can head on over to that website, marcustoday.com. Sign up there. Sign up to and subscribe to our podcasts. 
And for those people that follow us on the Facebook discussion group, we'd love to have your uh, company there. We are having, well, we're not having, Facebook is having some issues with us being able to put stuff on the discussion group from the desktop application, which doesn't seem to work at the moment. So it didn't work yesterday, and it doesn't look like it's working today, which is fantastic. Thanks, Facebook. Anyway, it's a great group. Join up. There's plenty to share with each other there, and uh, it just means I have to share it with my phone as opposed to using my PC. That's it from me today. Have a great day.